Hallelujah. Have you just begun this morning? I hope you have. I, I feel like I have this morning. Maybe do you feel sometimes as if you never make progress in your spiritual life? There are times in our lives that we just don't feel like we're moving forward. And this morning, I feel like I don't, I, don't, I shouldn't say this morning, I don't feel that way this morning. I feel like I made great progress this morning. God has moved me this morning. I hope he's moved you. Hallelujah. Let me just say this. When God starts a project, he finishes it. He doesn't stop midterm. He doesn't say, well, I think I've gone far enough. Let you guys figure out the rest. No. God doesn't work that way. God will help you to grow in grace until he completes that work in your life. Trust you me. He will. Matter of fact, turn with me. Our scripture text this morning is in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. And you probably could quote this with your eyes closed without opening your Bible. Many of you know it. Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You hear that? He will perform it. You won't perform it. Your friends won't perform it. Those around you won't perform it. He, the Lord Jesus Christ, will perform it. He will make it happen. Amen? Amen. I love it when I can depend on the Lord Jesus Christ to make things happen and not me make things happen. Because when I make things happen, it's terrible. I'm telling you, I've got a wife of 35 years. She could tell you. When I do it, it's a mess. But when God does it, it's perfect. Amen? How many wives can say amen to that this morning? Your husband does it, it's a mess up. God does it, it's perfect. Oh, Melissa's got her hand up. Hallelujah. She's praising the Lord this morning. <laughs> oh, my wife, you got too many amens going on over there. Watch it. <laughs> Philippians, a book of peace. A book of peace. Philippians 4, 7 says, And peace, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God's peace is different than the world's peace. It's not found in positive thinking, an absence of conflict, or in good feelings. You see, real peace comes from knowing that because of God, the real peace comes from knowing that God is in control. Our citizenship is in Christ's kingdom, that's for sure. Our victory over sin is certain because of the cross. You see, a lot of times we try to maneuver things. We try to, we try to start things over. When we mess up, we want to start over. And what I love about the Word of God is when we mess up, we can start over. How many know this morning are willing to confess this morning that you're not perfect? 
you know what? I'm not perfect. I won't be perfect until I'm in his sight. Until I'm in heaven with him. I try to counsel many young girls before they get married to wait to find their husband in heaven. Because they'll all be perfect there. Won't, won't be no mistakes. And then they remind me that there's no giving and taking of marriage in heaven. I said, then your parents are lucky. They don't have to pay for a wedding. See, it's a blessing all the way around. I know some of us, it's too late. The kids have already dove off the diving board. They're in full-fledged relationships. Grandchildren are married now. I know that's hard to believe, some of you. But know this, that God, our Lord Jesus Christ, provides strength. He tells us in Philippians 14, 413, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, Paul was content because he could see life from God's point of view. He focused on what he was supposed to do and not what he felt that he should do. See, I think that when I, when I kind of read that this morning and I kind of think of those thoughts this morning, I kind of think, that's, that reminds me of me. Sometimes I know I'm supposed, I know what God wants me to do. I know where he wants me to head. But sometimes I think, well, but if I do it this way, it'll be a whole, a whole lot simpler. Sometimes you're not supposed to take the simple route. When I remind people that God, what God says that, that, that people will hate them because of, because of their love for Christ, they don't like to hear that. They don't want to hear that because they want to say, no, 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 everybody should love Christ. They should love me because I love Christ. But that's not how the world is. It's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. You see, Paul focused on what he was supposed to do. He had priorities. And his priorities were straight. And he was grateful for everything that God had done for him. He had, he had detached himself from the non-essentials that could throw him off course. Because, see, he was focusing on the eternal prize. The eternal reward. See, church, we're supposed to be focusing on the eternal reward. We're supposed to be focusing on the things that are ahead of us. Not the things behind us. You can't change yesterday. But you can change your future. You can change your destiny. See, yesterday you were bound for hell. Today you're bound for heaven. You see, you can't change yesterday. You can only move in today. Looking forward and upward. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. As Philippians tells us in 2.4. And he says, For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. And Philippians 2.21. You see, we need, to, we need to be moving forward. And in our moving forward, we need to be looking upward. I don't know about you. Some of us, our, our time is a lot closer to heaven than you realize. 
we're getting there pretty rapid. I see the timetable that God has laid before us and, it, and all the things that are revealed in Scripture that are revealed every day in our life. We can see how much closer we're getting to heaven. I used to say to some people, you're closer to heaven than I am. Referring to their age. But you know what? That's not true. Because none of us have a promise of tomorrow. None of us. All of you that are thinking, well, I'm quite up there in my years and I certainly am a lot closer to getting to the Lord than the pastor, but I could be with the, I could be with the Lord tomorrow and you could still be here. And then some of you will say, well, that was, that, he robbed us. He took, he took the young man quick, took him before his time. But that's not true either because your time is in the Lord's hands. He knows the numbers of your days. I don't know the number of my days, but he does. And he knows when it's going to be my time. But when we begin to look at this, what Paul has introduced us to, Paul writes this book about 10 years after his first visit to Philippi. From a prison cell with shadow of death hanging over him, he writes this. I don't know about you, I don't know about many of you, but when you're in the dark days of your life and you're going through a dark season in your life, I don't think there are many of you that are thinking of, well, I'm going to journal this. I'm going to praise the Lord this morning. I'm just going to worship him this morning because I'm going through one of the worst trials of my life. I'm going through one of the darkest days of my life. So I'm just going to get up and I'm just going to worship the Lord this morning. Paul and Silas in the midst of this jail, they've been stripped, they've been beaten. They're now in shackles. And these were very peaceful men. They hadn't done anything wrong. But here they are locked up. In the deep of the prison, in shackles, shackles that are made for the worst of offenders, the most vilest of criminals. They're, they're these pieces of wood that have these holes in them and they lock together by an by a iron and, and they're locked that way on their, on their ankles. And sometimes on their hands. And this is where they are. They're shackled to the wall. I don't know about you, but some of us would get extremely depressed instantaneous as soon as you get into a jail cell. All hope is gone. But not Paul and Silas. They get in there. And what do they start doing? They start worshiping. They start singing praises. They continue to honor the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of their trial, in the midst of being beaten and knowing that they're hurting and in pain. They just start worshiping and singing unto the Lord. But guess what? They're not alone. In that prison cell are other men who have been locked up, other criminals who have been locked up, and they hear these men singing joyously you hear me? Joyously to the Lord. How many of you got up this morning and said, Oh, thank you, Jesus, for giving me my aches and pains this morning. Oh, I feel great. 
Now, now some of you are like, the pastor's being ridiculous this morning. You know when you have aches and pains, you're like, oh, Lord, why this morning? No, you get up, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for that ache. I know I'm alive. Hallelujah. <laughs> some of you are like, the man's crazy. He's lost his noodle. Speaking of noodles, have you ever had noodles over potatoes? They're really good. See how they get me this morning? But they're singing. They have the joy of the Lord. They've had an experience with Jesus. And that experience, they didn't allow in their situation, they didn't allow their trials and their problems to rob them of their joy that they were having with the Lord. They continued to worship the Lord so much so that the prison cell begins to shake and their, their bonds break loose and the door cells of the prisons, they fall off. Try this. Next time your car breaks down in the middle of the road, just start singing to the Lord. Just start worshiping Him wholeheartedly. Watch your car start up again. Oh, pastor, don't try that with me. I, you don't. That doesn't happen that way. All things are possible through Christ Jesus. Amen? All things. Not some things, not a few things, but all things. Where is your faith? If we had to look at Paul's faith, and we do look at Paul's faith, he had great faith. I mean, we're talking about a man who was bit by a snake and just shook it off like it was nothing. And everybody runs wild, and the, and the natives are like, ah, this guy was bit by a snake, and he's still good. Not but any kind of snake, but a venomous snake. One that should have killed him. Do we have that kind of faith this morning? Do you have that kind of faith that no matter what takes place in your life, you can continue to worship the Lord? You don't let the, the things of life just pull you down? You don't go into a deep depression? You see, a lot of people, they sink into a deep depression when things don't go their way. Don't go into a deep We got the Word of God. The joy of the Lord shall be my strength. And so when I begin to worship him, I begin to think of what he says here in verse 6. God has begun a work. God, God tells me he started a good thing in me. Paul's mind goes back to his first days. The conversation of Lydia back in Acts chapter 16. She was good. She was religious, but she was lost. Her and her family, what happened? She comes to the Lord and the whole family gets baptized. He runs into a fortune teller. And he casts the demon out. What happened? They run him out of town. Why? Because they were making money off of her fortune teller. And when she's set free, she can't tell the fortune anymore. She can't foretell the future. Why? Because she is happy with Jesus. 
And then there, of course, the Philippian jailer and his family who were baptized. You see, when those prison cells shook, think of the jailer who was outside. He, he wakes up and he sees the, the door cell open. He thinks everybody's gone. Everybody's fled. And so he's going to take the sword and he's going to kill himself. And Paul has to cry out, stop, we're all still here. That man was like, this has got to be the luckiest day of my life. But he was fixing to have an encounter. You see, church, all of us have had an encounter. We have all had an experience with Jesus. Somewhere along your road, somewhere along your walk in life, because you're not here this morning by happenstance just because you got up this morning and said, well, I think I'm going to go off to church this morning. This is an appointed time for you. That's right. He destined for you to be here this morning. Why? He wants to build your faith. He wants to build himself in you. He wants you to understand he is always here for you. No matter what your problems may be, no matter what your situations may be, Rosemary, I know God's got a great thing going on with you. Yeah. Rosemary says God's going to heal her. And I said, you know what? We're going to pray in faith with her, believing with her that God is going to complete the healing. Amen. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be together as a family of God. God is performing a work today. How many of us feel like we got up this morning, we feel like we're in a prison cell? There are people that get up every day they feel like they've been locked in a prison cell because they don't have the relationship that you have this morning. They have something missing this morning in their heart. They're missing Jesus. Yes. And so they're getting up and they're trying to figure out what they got to do to make their day feel complete, to make their life feel complete. My life is complete because I have Jesus. So every morning I get up, I don't say, Okay, Jesus, I'm up. Where are you at this morning? He's already here. When I wake up, he says, child of God, this is what we're going to do today. Amen. A lot of times we get up and we tell Jesus what we're going to do today. Yeah. That's a big mistake. <laughs> Terrible mistake. Mm -hmm. Wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, what is it you want me to do today? Amen. You will have a whole different encounter of your day. Everything about your day will be different. You can be a, a super spiritual Christian, but if you're not doing what God tells you to do, it's you're, you're lost. You're just meandering. We have to do what Christ ordained us to do, and that's to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's to go into the highways and the byways. What? Compel them to come in. How many of us are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? I was praying with Lynn over her boss's son. He has a different way of thinking. We could put it that way. <clears throat> but you know what? We pray for them anyway. Yes. We pray for them anyway. You don't have to like how somebody thinks or how somebody speaks. You just have to pray for them. That's right. It's not your 
responsibility to change them. The Holy Spirit does the changing. Amen. He does the work. We're just called to pray. Right. I know Bob and Diane, I know their son Michael well, and I pray for him almost every day. Why? Because that's what God has told me to do. That's what I'm commanded to do. When I'm driving down 95 during the week, driving here, there, and everywhere, now they put a camera in my truck, I have to be careful. I have to be nice. I have to drive right. No more 95 on 95. The GPS thing says I have to do 75 on 95. I knew they were going to catch up with me sooner or later. <laughs> but I asked him, I said, can you see what I'm doing in the truck when I'm driving? They go, yeah, we can see from time to time. I said, good, so you see me praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, church. God has begun a good work in you. And he says he will finish it. He's not going to stop midstream. He's not going to jump off course. He's not going to change direction. I don't know about you, but as I've said many, many times in this pulpit, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His direction hasn't changed. His course hasn't changed. Even though we may try to change him, his stays the same. So we must follow him. God will perform his work when? To completion, to finish. The definiteness of God's work is, is being confident that he will finish it in the end. The degree of his work is good. It's great. It's awesome. I've never seen God do anything sloppy. I've never seen him do anything halfway or haphazard. It's always been perfect. Now, there are times that I may say, well, God, I really didn't want it to go that way. I really would rather it go this way. You know, we can have our own thoughts, our own opinions. God's given you your own will to do whatever it is you want. But his will is that what? You serve him. You worship him. He's designed you to worship him, to exalt him, to be with him. He hasn't designed you to go to Mickey Land and say, well, it's all about me today. It's always all about Jesus today. Every day of our life is about Jesus. I'm not saying you can't go and have fun and go be with your friends and hang out. I'm not saying you can't do any of those things. But what I'm saying is your, your course of life, your course of action needs to be straight with the Lord. Amen. That's how we have to go. The duration of God's work is until the day of Jesus comes. So you continue in the faith. You continue in your walk with the Lord until he calls you home. There's no such thing as retirement in the Lord's work. I know there are many pastors that retire from the pulpit and they say, well, I'm retiring. My time is done. It's never, ever done. I know some of you are going to disagree with this next statement I'm fixing to make, but I'm going to make it because I truly believe it wholeheartedly with everything of my being. I don't believe in burnout. I don't believe a Christian can be burned out. I don't think a pastor can be burned out. Because this is not a job. This is a calling. Yeah. 
Right. You are called to do this. And God is not going to give you more than you can handle. His word says so. So he's not going to let me burn out because he wants me to stay focused on what he's called me to do. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ, presenting it everywhere I go. So he's not going to let me burn out and, and go wander astray. That's not his desire for me. His desire for me is to fulfill his will. Amen. Guess what? His desire for you is to fill his will. Amen. He's not going to let you burn out. Now, I know I've, I heard from a lot of people, well, that's crazy talk. You can overload yourself. You can get burned. Yeah, that's right. You can overload yourself by doing the things that you want to do. But if you continue to do the things that God wants you to do, you're not going to get overloaded and you're not going to burn out. I'll probably be in the pulpit till I'm 95. Or a hundred. Or better yet, I might be like the man I saw on the, the little Instagram thing yesterday. How many saw that? <laughs> yeah. The man over in, was it Africa or, or India. India or somewhere? 127 years old. Oh. You got a ways to go, Pastor. <laughs> I've got a lifetime to go now. I feel great when I said this man died at 127. I can go 128. <laughs> Watch what you and my wife can go that long with me too. We'll grow old together. We'll grow to 128 together. Isn't that wonderful? Mm, she said. I just can't wait to be married that long. Better yet, we could be married 128 years. That'll put us in the 155, 160 age group. That's awesome to think about it. Isn't that awesome? You know what's more awesome than that? To know that when we pass from this life to the next, eternal life, it's going to be forever. Yes. Forever. You won't even have to consider your age bracket. Yes. Considering y'all are just babies anyway now, in the light of eternity, you're still babies. You're just a thought. And it's exciting to know that God will continue his work in us to the day of Jesus Christ, to the day of rewards, when all of us are called to be home with him. When Paul looked back, what did he say? I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. His present look, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Things may have just begun, but God's going to grant that which he desires in your heart. He's going to move you. All you have to do is be open to it. Open to receive it. Open to move in him. Because that's all he's looking for this morning. He's looking for willing vessels. Let me ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot this morning. How many want to be a willing vessel? I want to be a willing vessel to do whatever it is God wants me to do. Not anything else. I'm not want to load myself up with problems and burdens of other people. 
I just want to do what God wants me to do. When God has me counsel with people or talk with people about their problems, my first thing to them is, let us pray. Well, listen, i got a problem right now. It's time for prayer. Well, if you don't have time for God, you don't have time for me to give you advice that God would want me to give to you. That's kind of long and short of things, isn't it? If you can't invite God in, then how are you going to fix the problem? He's the problem solver. All the advice you need comes to him from the... My son-in-law called me yesterday. He said, you know, I was reading Proverbs today. And I discovered something. I said, really? Like what? All the problems I have, God's already dealt with the issues right here. He was reading some of them off to me. I said, you're just discovering that now? Maybe I should have pointed you to Proverbs to begin with. Right. Well, he didn't tell me how to have a successful marriage. No. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I said, I have a successful Well, yeah, you and mom have been married 35 years. I said, oh, it's because one word for me, she can do whatever she wants. No. We have a relationship built on the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. It's not about me. You see, my marriage is not about me and her. It's about our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, you keep him in the center, keep him in the focus, and everything else will take course. That's how it works. I understand there are many that that start in that direction and one spouse or the other will just go wayward. They don't feel the same way they used to feel. They don't do the things they used to do. They don't make you feel the way you used to feel. But I'm telling you, every good thing that God starts, He finishes. <clears throat> Nothing is left haphazard. Nothing is left sloppy. Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ nobody can remove you from Christ nobody can take Jesus out of your life nobody can take his will from you the only way that can happen is you You. You can't blame it on your grandparents. You can't blame it on the guy that you got in trouble with. He made me do it. The devil didn't make you do it. You did it on your own. I always hate that when people try to give the devil credit for anything. When really what it comes down to is you. Your will. You see, you chose your will over God's will. That's where we get beat up. That's where we get lost. That's where we get trampled. I'm just going to finish with this. And let me just say this. If you truly, truly trust and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with your whole heart, He will never let you down. 
He will never let you down. As I told you about that sign on that girl's window last week, nobody in the world loves you more than he does. And if you remember that always, you can stay focused on the will of God, on the cross, and in the direction he wants to take you. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can have a peace because we know you. Lord, we can, we can do all the things through Christ Jesus who loves us. Lord, I pray this morning that your will would be complete in each one of our lives. Lord, may we fulfill the gospel calling. That we would go into the highways and the byways and do what you've commanded us to do. To finish that good work that you've started in us. By giving us the desire to do that which you've called us to do. And that's to love you. Lord, I pray this morning. I pray with all my heart, Lord Jesus, this morning. Give us that desire. Give your people that desire, that burden to love unconditionally. No matter what's going on in someone else's life, love unconditionally. Help them to share the gospel. To bring those who don't know you to you. Bring them to the cross. Lord, that's my desire today. I know that's your will. Your will for our life is to share that gospel message of love, of hope, and of peace. Paul has made it very clear being confident of this very thing. Lord, let us have that same confidence, that same eagerness to do what you've called us to do today. And that you would complete it. And we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for these things that we ask this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen.